Alright, I want to start off um, with 2 Timothy 3.16. We all know this verse, but I just want to make sure that all of us are on the same page. Alright? That none of you are thinking that I'm making up verses from the Bible. Alright? All scriptures is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Amen? Okay, so I can go on from, from, from here? Amen. Okay, so the title of my message is called Provision. Wow, okay. <laughs> Again, the title of my message is Provision. Amen? Amen? Alright, uh, there's so many verses in the Bible. Um, they are from the, from the front to the back. In, the, in Eden itself, God provided, and it continued. God was giving and giving and giving, you know, and, and I will come to a point where I'm going to um, break that news to something else. So let's, let's wait till I get there, right? All right, so what is provision? Well, what do you understand about provision? I looked up in dictionary uh, just to see what the secular world thinks about provision. It says the action of providing or supplying something for use, all right? I'm not going to give you uh, what I've come uh, from, what I've studied in the word of provision, I will, I will give you the um, the explanation or the meaning uh, in 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 uh, in the kingdom perspective, in God's perspective, what God means by provision. All right, let's uh, open to Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse three to four. Okay, it's eight fifteen. So I hope I don't give you a ten minutes uh, ten minute uh, message like how we all did in the class. Right, let's go. <laughs> oh, and uh, my professor is not here today. <laughs> so I was a bit relieved. <laughs> All right, um, tell me when you're there. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3 to 4. It says, He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither know uh, you... Uh, you and all your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. All right. Let's go to Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 15. There. There. That's the culture here, right there. All right. I learned a lot in the past one month. Thank you to all of you. I don't know what's going to happen back in Dayton if I bring this back to Dayton. Will I be stoned or? <laughs> all right. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 15, it says, In their hunger you gave them bread from heaven, and in their thirst you brought them water from the rock. You told them to go in and take possession of the land you had sworn with up, with uplifted hand to give them. Try to process the words that I'm giving you. There, there are so many verses that I could give you today because the Bible is filled with scriptures about God's provision. Right? But we want to understand why God is providing, not just God just giving, but He's providing for some reason. Right? When His, when His people when his people ask him, God, give me something, you know, God just doesn't put it on your lap and says, here you go. But there is something 
in the midst of His provision. Amen? It's, uh, Psalms 23 verse 1 is the most simplest one. My mom sat with me when I was a kid and made sure that I memorized the whole Psalms 23. Um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. And moving forward. And uh, you don't have to turn there, but you all know that... Um, uh, Y'all. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, <brother. laughs> all right. Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. Amen? Yes. Amen. So, I'm, uh, I'm going to share a little bit uh, about God's people in the Word that God has provided that God has provided in so many areas in their life. But I'm going to take specifically what God has provided in some of the uh, uh, characters in the Bible. All right? Um, let's, uh, let's look at Noah's life. Um, all of you know Noah. You all been to Sunday school and you all have heard of Noah. And how many of them in the boat? Okay. So God provided something. God provided something uh, extraordinary for that eight people. He provided provision of safety. Amen? All of us have safe, uh, um, safety today, right, in our home. Um, sometimes we don't even ask for it, but God provides it. But He provides it for His glory. You know, because we can tell others that God provided safety because I am His children. Amen? And then in, in uh, that's in Genesis 6, um, if you don't know where is it. it and, and in uh, Genesis 45, it speaks about Joseph. What, what, what provision that Joseph received? He had received so many provision. Um, he had his hard times uh, with his brothers, with his family. But then when he was at the peak of his life, he was, God was still doing something in his life. When the brothers came to him, God provided a provision of reconciliation. Amen? Um, he could have just thrown them out because he had the power. He could have just did the same what, what the brothers did to him, you know, years ago. But God was, God was there in that midst. And he provided reconciliation. And he forgave his brothers and said, that's okay, you know. And... and he actually partially fulfilled the promise of God through Abraham. Amen. And then in, um, in Exodus, Exodus chapter 1, uh, we come to Moses. All right. They were killing all the babies. Right. They were killing all the babies. And uh, one baby escaped. Uh, who's that baby? Moses. All right. God provided provision of what? He provided provision of hope. Hope not only to Moses but to the kingdom of Israel, to the people of the Jews. All right? I hope all of you have done your homework this, for this Friday. <laughs> and, and in 1 Samuel chapter 17, we go to who again? We go to David. David, where God provided such provision that, that I don't know, today, um, if we can stand in front of a nine feet, nine feet giant, and throw a stone and said, "Okay, you 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 are done," you know. Uh, you know, I was I was thinking about David when when he stood before something bigger. God has to put him to something else before he could stand in front of the giant. 
you know, he, he was a what? He was a shepherd. But what he did was, he killed a lion and he killed a bear. Right? So what I found from here is God actually takes you from glory to glory to glory. He will see if you can manage something small and he can bring you to something else. And, and he's basically building you up. You know, it's you that is most important. Um, well, he was taking care of his sheep. And here comes the lion. And, uh, and he just plays with the lion. I don't know how he, how, how he did it, but he just did it with the strength of God. You know, I don't think so. If today a lion were to come in, um, all of us will be running every corner of the room. Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we are all city people, right? <laughs> and um, in First Kings chapter 19, Elijah, Elijah, he just challenged 450 prophets of Baal. 450. And him alone, standing and challenging them. And what else did he do? He was, he was provoking them. You know, oh, your God is sleeping, your God is busy. Um, call him and maybe, you know, he might come or he might not come. And then, after all the miracle that happened, all the fire that came down and, and even consumed the stone and the dust and, and, the, and the offering, what happened after that? <laughs> he got a threat from a lady. A lady. He got a threat from a lady and he takes off running. Right? He takes off running. After all that God, he has seen what God has done in, uh, 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 in that place, he takes off running. You know, it's interesting. A prophet uh, takes off running after hearing a threat from someone, you know, that is no comparison to God. And he takes off running. Um, but you know what? God was still merciful. He takes off running into a secluded place. You know, he's, he's a good runner. He's a really good runner. I, I don't know. Uh, you have Green, Maurice Green. You have uh, what Bay Gay? Uh, you have uh, Hussein Bolt, <laughs> but he can run. He can run faster than Chariot. <laughs> so he thought, "Oh, uh, Jezebel won't be able to catch me because I can run faster than the Chariot and I can go and hide." But here he takes off running and he goes and hide, and he cannot run away from the angel. The angel came and tapped on his shoulder and said, "Here, eat." He, there was no condemnation. Uh, the angel did not ask him, why did you run away? You know, you shouldn't have done that. No. God provided rest. God provided peace. You know, he was just, he just, he was just went hopeless after knowing that all God has done. But uh, I think God was, God is, what is God is telling here is, you know, it's okay. You know, uh, I, I still love you. I still love you. I still want to uh, uh, carry you up. I still have more things for you. I still have something for you to do for me. So don't feel condemned. And then, in New Testament it says, Jesus fed two different um, large group of people. One was 4,000 people, and another one was 5,000 people. Oh man, how did he do that? You know. So there was a provision of food. There was supply. There was supply that God provided to feed all those 4,000 and 5,000. It was just mentioned 4,000 men, but we don't know what exactly the amount of people that was sitting in that place on that day. But there is nothing impossible for God. Amen? 
Alright, why am I telling you all this? Why, why am I sharing all this for? It's not about provision that God is interested. It's not, it's not about what God wants, what you ask and God wants to give it to you. What is interested is your heart, is your character, is you and you alone. He's interested in you because He wants to give glory to the Father through what He's going to do in your life and in my life. In Psalms 33, verse 13 to 15, we're going to read that. Psalms 33, verse 13 to 15. Right? From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From His dwelling place He watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all who considers everything they do. The word that I picked up from here is forms the heart. See what God is interested in? He's interested in your heart. And He considers everything that you do. The heart and the things that you do. He's very much interested in that. Let's look at Psalms 119, verse 73. Right, I have a bunch of words here, right? So... Let's let's go into the word. And uh, the past uh, the week in prison ministry, all four of us were in the room, and we were all speaking the same language. We were talking about the word, and we were encouraging the the brothers in the prison to 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 dwell in the word, to to reach out to the word. Psalms hundred nineteen verse seventy three. Your hands made me and formed me. Give me understanding to learn your commands. Your hands made me and formed me. And it will continue to form you. There is no end in our journey here on earth. Right? God wants to bring us from glory to glory. And in um, Isaiah 64 verse 8, it says, Yet you, Lord, are you Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand." God wants to continue to do something if we allow Him to do it. If we allow and say, God, do something in me. I don't want to deal this life on my own. You know, um, every time we take things on our own, in our hands, you know, and then things go wrong, then we go back to God. God, what happened? What, why this happened to me? And God like, I don't know, because you, you did not ask me, you did not put me, or, uh, you did not ask me to go ahead of you. You went ahead of me and there's nothing I can do for you. But, you know, when we come back to God and ask for forgiveness, for repentance, and we repent and say, God, please take over, then He is much, He's more than willing to take over. Amen? And, um, and, and in Job 34, verse 21, you don't have to, I, I have three verses here. Job 34, verse 21, uh, if you can put up on the screen, that would be good. His eyes are on the ways of models. He sees their very step. His eyes are on the ways of models. He sees their very step or every step. Amen. He looks at our every step. The Lord is looking down on earth, not looking down like, you know, He's looking up from heaven and He's looking at you. He's looking at me and He's seeing what are the things that we do and He wants to get involved. 
Say, son, I want to get involved in your life. Don't leave me out of the equation. Take me in. And you will see greater things that I'm going to do for you. In Psalms 44 verse 21, Would not God have discovered it since He knows the secrets of our hearts? <laughs> you cannot hide anything thinking, Oh, well, my mom doesn't know. My dad doesn't know. My wife might not know. <laughs> uh, how many of you married here? <laughs> Your wife knows. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's not what I'm preaching today. <laughs> Alright, in Proverbs 5 verse 21, it says, For your ways are full in view of the Lord, and He examines all your paths. Oh, wonderful. When I continue to read and, and just meditate on the Word, it's so wonderful how God reveals you know, what he wants to do and what he's seeing. What He's already looking at us. He's already seeing the things that is in us. He's already uh, know what is in our hearts. Why not we just say, Lord, here I am. I don't want to hide anything. I don't want to uh, um, um, keep anything from you. But I want to just let go and let you Thank you, Lord. In Ephesians 4, 12 to 13. To equip His people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. He's still interested in you. He's still interested in me. Church, He's interested in you. <laughs> this is awesome. This is interesting. You know, God, you are interested in me. You know, sometimes we may question. Sometimes we may go like, you know, I'm hopeless. I, I can do nothing. Um, I know a friend of mine who said, um, you know, Jerome, God, uh, promotion comes from God. You just have to let Him do things in your life. You just have to let him uh, deal with your life and he will promote you. When I first uh, started, uh, 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 you know, um, my, one, my first music instrument, what I'm trying to say is my first music instrument, guess what it was? It was tambourine. Okay, well, <laughs> I was playing tambourine in church. Uh, not like the ladies who are dance and play, not like that, not Miriam. Alright, I was manly, okay? <laughs> I was playing like a man. Um, so, uh, the worship leader came, uh, came to me and said, here Jerome, um, tambourine. Tambourine? I wanna play the guitar. <laughs> said, God will take you from glory to glory. Don't worry. It's a process, church. It's a process. God wants to deal with your character. Character. <laughs> Character. Alright, I was finding it very difficult to pronounce the word character. I was saying character. <laughs> um, like uh, Miss Joellen was teaching me some English two weeks ago so that I speak uh, properly in the 10 minute that I'm supposed to speak. Alright, came out well. Amen to that. <laughs> Alright, um, so he's equipping his people for works of service. In the, in the previous verses, you can see that he sends prophets, he sends teachers, he sends um, people to edify us, 
but he's 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 much more interested in what we receive from him and coming back to to what i was talking earlier my first instrument was tambourine and i was like why god why why tambourine and i just and i just obeyed god and and i just went on and uh after that um i wanted to play the guitar and you know and i couldn't go for classes so what i did was i took the guitar that was at my place my brother used to go for classes so i took his guitar i took a book the chord chart and i went into the room and say god this is it i was 15 then it was many many years ago i won't tell you my age <laughs> i was 15 then and i took my guitar the guitar and the book to the room and i prayed this prayer lord i want to glorify your name you teach me how to play this instrument and i will give you glory and within two weeks i could play on my own i i didn't had anyone teaching me but i know god taught me how to play it and after that i progressed on god just blessed me uh with i i come from a background where i hated music i don't like any music instrument um so some of you who think that you cannot play just go to god you know god can just transform you you know he he can do what is in, uh what is not what is not possible for man amen and then and it went on i i'm not i'm not boasting i'm boasting in christ because he provided all this you know i never i i never asked after that but the desire just came into me like how can this desire just come into me i hated music i hated uh, i always failed in school in i oh my goodness it's 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 crazy in school uh, i will just hate when it comes to music lesson you know they will play all sorts of music instrument which i didn't like you know all those <laughs> I don't know what is that and the triangle you know <laughs> Oh <laughs> and and the flute and the flute just makes my mom go crazy <laughs> She'll be cooking and I'll be practicing and she goes like stop it <laughs> uh, that's because I was not making a right sound <laughs> And uh and God provided and he continued to provide and I continued to serve God and he preserved me from from going out into the world and playing for someone else for something else you know uh that's something which uh, i couldn't have done it on my own um you know um with with the talents uh, my friends had who were in the church they started going out to play in the hotels in the clubs uh, just to earn money their excuse was i want to earn money but you know sometimes the enemy can cloud your judgment by saying you know it's it's okay you know you you need this money you're going to help your parents and then you get into that and that's it you know both your legs are in there and and you are pulled into so many other things that you may never know before that you know if you know i don't know you might still do it <laughs> you know but god only god can preserve you can preserve me and he can lead you if you ask him to lead you he preserved the covenant i'm not talking like abraham but um uh he he preserved the promise i made with god lord i want to glorify your name and he kept that till today till today you know i can just stand and i can just jump and i can just praise the lord you know because he's he i mean i'm not just doing it because i want to do it but it just it just takes you up it just consumes you and you have no uh, uh excuse to stop you know uh, because 
it's such great presence of God. So God is interested in us. He's interested in our character. He wants to build us. You know? So I want to give you the meaning of provision that I found out from all my study here. I put it as the process God takes us through or performs in our lives to the point of receiving the provision. I'm going to say it again. The process God takes us through or performs in our lives to the point of receiving the provision. Here is point A. You ask God, Give me patience, Lord. I am not acting as who I'm supposed to be. God just, does, just doesn't drop you patience in your life. But He takes you through a journey. This journey may go until here. The journey may go till here. Or the journey may continue to go. But what He's trying to do in us is He's building us. He wants us to be more like Him. If He says that, oh, this is not enough for you. I'm just going to go and continue to work in your life. He will continue to work in your life. And it's a process that only God knows when it's going to end. You know, and you'll be wondering, why did I pray such prayer? <laughs> because God is going to bring you people that you're going to test your patience. <laughs> How many of you? <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm not speaking out of my own. <laughs> um, and, uh, well, uh, I'm going to share about what I went through. Uh, this is interesting. Um, how God provided in my life. And um, the reason I, 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 was, I was actually asked to preach on Sunday morning, I was like, ah, what? You know, Sunday morning when I came up on the stage and Pastor Eric goes like, okay, you're preaching on Sunday, uh, on Wednesday. It's like, did I say something? <laughs> okay, so um, what, what I did was I, I just had to obey the Holy Spirit that spoke to Pastor Eric, that he told me to speak. I was a bit disturbed. I was like, oh no, what am I going to speak? You know, um, so, uh, but I just went on just uh, obeying the Holy Spirit and, and, and uh, obeying God in this, in this um, what Pastor Eric was asking me of to do. And I said, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's trust the Holy Spirit. Let's see what God wants to speak through me on Wednesday. All right, and I, and I spoke to both uh, Mr. Allen and Mr. Charlie, and they were excited. It's like, whoa, they are excited for me. <laughs> and then I tell my wife after that, and she's like, whoa, I'm excited for you. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, that's great. It's good to have excited people. And, um, <laughs> and um, well, um, God did a lot of things in my life. Um, and if I were to speak all of that, it won't have time. Right? So I'm going to speak and I'm going to share with you certain things that, you know, how God has journeyed me to where, I'm, where I am right now, till this moment. Right, I, I, I'm from Malaysia, all of you know, I'm from Malaysia. Um, and in Malaysia, um, I was working in a, in a, in a company, um, you know, God provided very well, um, and, um, and, and I had no intentions, intention of coming to the U.S., no, no intention. Gloria was still there in the U.S., uh, here in the U.S., and she kept asking me, you know, what if God brings you here? I said, no, 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 you know, so I, I learned something, do not say no. <laughs> Do not say no. When you say no, then God is smiling at you. 
who's the boss here? Huh? <laughs> so I continued to say no for three years. For three years I was saying no until God knocked me down and said he worked in my heart. It's a process. It's a process. Maybe she prayed that prayer. She would not admit. I'm not sure. <laughs> she, made that, she would have made that prayer. God, if, if it is your will, bring him here. You know, she was more aligned to what God wanted to do in both our lives. But I was more uh, connected to the circular world. I was more connected to the, to the working world. To, uh, what I mean was the circular working world. You know, um, I was doing well and I was getting paid well. And I was like, why should I go to the U.S.? You know, um, I'm, I'm doing well here. And I have my, my, my family here. And, and we, can, we can settle down here. You know, and then on the, as, as years went on, God began to work in my heart. You know, it is not about you. It is not about you. It's not about you. It's about me. And I had to, sur- sorry, I had to surrender and tell God, you take over, you take control. I'm not worthy of telling myself what I want to do. But you, Lord, are my God, and you know what's best that fits me for your glory. And then God continued to work. And then um, he gave me the heart to actually let go of my job of the salary of, of the working environment that I had. I loved it so much. And I flew down to the U.S. last year. You know, God provided such, um, um, how do I say, it's um, just just awesome. I, I just cannot believe how God journeyed me here. You know, how my parents, he transformed my mom especially when she was like, no, 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 you're not going anywhere. You're going to stay put in Malaysia. <laughs> In this land, <laughs> a land flowing with milk and honey. <laughs> All right, it was flowing with dust and. Uh, <laughs> All, right. All right, but it was good. It was a good land. All right. Um, all right, so when I came to the U.S., um, I was I was praying, God, do you want me to work or do you want me to go into ministry with Gloria? No answer. I mean, do you know that God doesn't not answer your prayer? He always answers your prayer. It's just that you don't know. No can be also an answer. Okay. So that, that's what I learned. Uh, sometimes quietness can also be an answer. That means wait. I'm doing something. Do not disturb me yet. I will come to you because I'm working something in your life that is, that is going to give me glory. So, so when, I, when I came to the U.S., so I had to um, do ministry with my wife. And that is new. Marriage is new. Dayton is new. Uh, what else is new? Uh, people around me is new. Everything was new. I was going crazy. <laughs> you know? Um, and sleeping late is new. <laughs> I thought I was already sleeping early, uh, sleeping late in Malaysia. And I, until I came to Dayton, oh, it's not, it's not, it's not late. Uh, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock is not late. <laughs> it goes on to 3, 4 o'clock sometimes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so ministry was new to me. Um, I always been in ministry in Malaysia. I, I used to uh, be a worship leader in church, and and I and I get uh, got involved in so many other areas in in church. But this is full time ministry where I had to let go of my work, and then trust God. This ministry is all about trusting God. Every day you must be out there praying. God, provide me courage. Provide me. I I cannot do this. Because I, I came from this organized uh, uh, um, OCD uh, background, right? Very OCD. Um, and when I came to the U.S., it's all the other way around, right? God was more organized than I was. 
He said, I am organized, not you. I am more organized than you. So you listen to me and I'm going to do some work in your life. So it was so difficult. I wake up in the morning, I don't know what to do. I'm shaking my leg. So what are we doing today? Huh? <laughs> uh, we are going to do this, do that. No, no, no. We will wait on God. God will, God will lead where he wants to take you today. So when I spoke to my mentor back in Dayton, um, I, I don't know what to do. I really don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm going crazy. Because at work, I, I used to have what I'm going to do on that day. But here in ministry, I don't know what to do. You know? So God is working me in, 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 in that area of my life. And, and another thing that, that, was, that blew me off was, ministry here in the U.S., you have to raise your, your own support. <laughs> And, and Gloria was already doing that. And she is, uh, I, I, look at, I look at her as my, uh, uh, you know, um, as someone that I look up to. You know, how do you do this? How do you trust God? Then I prayed, God, help me trust in you. So God put me in a situation where I have to trust in Him. You know, there will be times when fund, our ministry fund will just go below than what it's supposed to be. And, and, and uh, our organization uh, will call us and say, stop your ministry. Go and raise fun. Go and talk to people. You cannot do ministry until your fun is up and running. And we have to fall on our knees. I know. I still remember we both we, we were we were so broken and say, God, you brought us here, and we were angry and like, why, God? Why? Why is this happening? But God had to put us through that situation so that we can cling on to Him and not unto man. You know, we walk into one uh, class called Perspective. Uh, we were late for that class because we had some other thing going on. So we went into the class. The first sentence the, the person spoke as we enter is, do not trust man, but trust God, and he will provide. Well, that, that really spoke to us because um, we were actually going through some financial difficulties at that point. And, um, and we began to continue to trust even more. And, and today it is so easy. It is like if anything happens now, finance, we know what to trust. You know, we know who to trust. We just go to God and say, God, you know the situation. You see, God, God sees all that. God knows all that. But he, what He wants to do is, you ask Him. You know, He wants you to get involved with Him. Lord, I surrender. I cannot do this on my own. I need you. Then immediately you see God providing. And we, said, we saw that so many times. And, and it just blew, blew us away like, God, thank you. And God, uh, Gloria will receive text. Um, oh, someone just banked in. $500, you know, and, and this amount of money is like, wow. And, and the next time when we go through that, we can just both smile and say, let's go pray. That's all we do, you know. And, um, and when we speak to people about the ministry and, and, and we just say, you know, we raise self-support and let God work in their hearts and then see if they want to provide, you know. God owns this earth. God owns everything that that's here. You know, He owns the cattle. He owns the hills. What is what is the amount that we are actually looking for? What is it? What is it to Him? So He saw us through every moment, and He's He has been seeing me through all these times with all the new things that has been taking place in my life. And I also want to thank. This church for allowing me to be here in this past one month. I've learned so much that I've not learned in the past 30 years ago. You know, it is such God-guided journey to come to Houston, to come to LCMF. And I'm so blessed to be with all these brothers and sisters, um, with the prisoners, <laughs> with the prison mates, 
that we go to every every Sunday. It's it's been a it's been a great journey with uh, with so uh, so many of you. You know, waking up at four o'clock in the morning was is very new to me. Um, <laughs> and uh, but God has been great. He he wants to show something in that. You know, um, and um, this ten week Bible class is actually a testimony because many months ago, many many months ago. I began to pray and ask God, give me the desire to study your word. Give me the desire to dwell in your word even more, deeper into your word. And when I first came to Houston uh, in October 18th, when uh, Gloria and I spoke uh, up here, you know, um, that's when uh, Pastor Eric mentioned in one of the meetings, he said, I'm going to uh, do this 10-week Bible, uh, uh, Bible school. And immediately my heart just was beating hard, like, you know, we have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. But, you know, um, I, was, I was afraid. I was like, no way, man. <laughs> um, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to do this. Uh, it's, it's, um, I, I'm not from this church. But, you know, I spoke to uh, both uh, Mr. Charlie and Ms. Ms. Joellen, and they were excited. And then I spoke to my wife to see if she was willing to let me go. Uh, so it's good to talk to your wife. Um, and she was very encouraging, um, and she encouraged, said, if, if this is what God wants you to do, just go ahead. And um, I was encouraged by that. And I spoke to Pastor Eric, and Pastor Eric was also excited. And I'm so glad for allowing, you know, uh, all of you. I want to thank all of you for allowing me to be here. And I've learned so much, so much. You know, I'm, I, I'm blessed to be here. And I'm sure you, all of you are blessed being in this church. You know, I, I like your quote, which says, perform, uh, what is that? Um, Perform out there what you have practiced in here. I, I, I really love that. You know, uh, you are really doing what, what is spoken in there. You know, you're performing out there in the prison. You're performing out there in Mexico. You're going uh, places. You know, uh, do not be condemned for those, who you, those of you who are not going because you are still doing something in the background, you know. And, um, you know, it's, it's a great testimony how God has uh, been building me in the past one month. And uh, God has given both Gloria and myself strength to be a part and just trust in Him as she continues her ministry alone over there. You know, God has been providing. God has been with her. You know, God has been so awesome in this journey. And I want to thank you all for being alongside with me in this, in this journey here in uh, Houston. See, talking about all that, talking all these things, see, God knew He had to work. On our character, oh character, oh my! As I, as I prayed for provision, God dealt in more areas of my life. Ultimately, His presence was developed in my life. Right, His presence. So today, you and I carry His presence because we don't only ask for provision. God provide you. God provides us. You know. So many other things before we reach to the point where we receive the thing that we asked for. You know, uh, what he gave me, what, what he dealt in me was trust, patience, peace, obedience, and a relationship with him. You know, these are all more expensive than gold and silver. You know, his presence, these are all the characters of his presence that is in me or in you that is going to take us through this journey in life. You know, there's many times when we can speak about the presence of God 
And I would say the presence of God is like how David explained in Psalms 42 verse 1. It says, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longed after thee. I, I shared this to the prisoners a couple of times. And I felt like uh, as I was preparing this message, I felt like I should share this with you. Um, and I want you to understand that God is first and He's present and He wants to um, um, wants you to be in His presence at all times. Now I'm going to give you an illustration of a deer. Why did David speak about deer? Um, some of you might know, have heard me speaking in, uh, in the prison about deer and uh, the presence of God. So why did, why did, why did David chose the deer instead of, he could have spoken about lion because he played with the lion. He played with the bear. He could have taken as the deer, as the bear panted for the water, so my soul panted for you. As the lion panted for the water. No, he chose the deer. So I'm going to um, explain how this actually comes into position. Like David was a shepherd. He would have seen a deer panting for water. And what happens to the deer when he panted for water? There's so many things. There's so many scientific things that we can share about uh, a deer panting for water. A deer panting for water is like panting for life. All of us. Today, our body contains 70% of fluid. 70% of fluid. And if we lose water, we lose life. We go dehydrated. There's so many things will happen after that. It says when 2% of water is gone out of your body, it says you will feel thirsty. Yeah, for sure. You will lose your appetite. And you will have dry skin, fatigue, weakness, and dry mouth. 2%. Just 2%. Of out of 70%. 2%. When it goes up to 5%, this is what happens. Your heart rate increases. Nausea, muscle cramp, you have headache. And it goes down to 10%. Oh, this is going to be bad. 10% high possibility of getting stroke. You'll, you'll go into confusion. That's why people in the desert, when they don't have water, you'll see they go like, they'll start to hallucinate. No. You'll have seizures, chest pain, and unconsciousness. So why I'm saying all this, when a deer is panting for water, he goes into a position where his, his mouth is dry and, and he cannot talk. Deer talks. Deer can talk in their own language, not human language. I need water, I need water. No, they don't say that. <laughs> they go, they talk their own language, which I don't know. So <laughs> when I come to that their tongue, I will let you know. I cannot interpret their tongue for now. Um, when a deer is dehydrating, he loses the capacity to see, so his vision is blurred. So what happens when he's walking in the wood when his vision is blurred? He cannot see its enemy. So the enemy thinks, oh, look at this blind guy is coming towards me. He says, oh, dinner is served. I don't have to do anything. So the lion thinks, oh, dinner is here tonight. So we don't have to do anything. And it loses its capacity to run. A deer can run up to 65 miles per hour. And it can jump up to 10 feet. Uh, not up. Uh, it can go up 10 feet. It can jump up to 10 feet. 
And now this deer is panting for water. What is he looking for? It's looking for water. So what are we looking for today? Are we looking for the presence of God? So in our life, in the deer's life, water, for in our lives, the water means presence of God. For believers, we have to run back to God or else we will be just like the deer. We lose the capacity to see because when you are far away from the presence of God, everything else speaks except for God. Everything else comes into priority except God because you are so far away from His presence. And, and what you hear is what the enemy says to you. And what happened to the deer then? It looks for water and he pants and he wants water. You know what he does? It shouts. It shouts. A deer, when it shouts, it can be heard two miles away. That's what uh, the sign says. I've never heard deer shouting, so <laughs> don't ask me how a deer shouts. Um, so it shouts and it can be heard two miles away. What is he doing? What is he doing? It's telling the others, do not come here, there's enemy. There's enemy. So what happens when you are far away and you realize you are out from the presence of God, so many miles away, out from the presence of God, you are shouting, Help me! Why am I in this situation? And when we lose our vision, we lose also our spiritual vision because we are so far away from the presence of God. When we lose our vision, being in the spiritual mindset, what, we have, what happens is we end up in wrong places. We end up in wrong places and, and we're just wondering, what am I doing here? Then, as the deer bends and he, and he walks, he sees stream flowing with life. As we today, as we walk, God is still providing the provision of what I've done for you in the past. Look back at what I've done for you in the past. Then you realize, God, I want you back. I need you more. I need you more than yesterday. I need you more then what do you do? You take off running to His presence. The deer, as he sees the water, his, his vision is blurred. But he sees, he could see a little bit, the, 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 the pool is there or the, the stream is there. And he goes towards the stream. And he just doesn't stand by the stream and say, okay, let's drink this water. No. You know what happens to a deer when it's uh, panting for water? The sweat pores opens up. Its sweat pores opens up. When a sweat pores opens up, it releases an aroma in the air that will allow the enemy to smell. Same goes to us. When we are out from the presence of God, we release some kind of aroma the enemy can smell. Oh, he's out of the presence of God. Let's take him in. So the deer just doesn't stop by the stream and drinks of the water. It jumps into the water. Just like us, church. 
when we are out of the presence and you realize that you are so far away from God and you shout, God, I want you back and you run to Him and not wait but jump into His presence. Jump into His presence say, God, consume me so that the enemy will be will flee away from me for I am yours. So the deer jumps into the water because it wants to close all the sweat pores that have that was opened up earlier and the enemy can no longer smell and he just consumes the water as much as possible and he gets back his strength it gets back his vision and he comes out of water I'm alive again so same goes to us we are alive when we come out from the presence of God strengthen carrying the presence of God in our life why, I'm sh- I, why, why did I share that? It's because we cannot do this on our own. God can provide. He can provide. He only wants you to surrender your heart to Him. Today, I want to challenge you, church. What are you looking forward to? What are you looking forward to? Are you looking forward to receive the provision that you asked for? Are you, are you looking forward for the things that you asked for? Or are you letting God to work in your life towards the provision. When you ask something, God, it's okay, God, if it is your will, let it be done. Take me through this process. I'm willing to let myself go and let you work in my life. What are you looking forward to? In First Chronicles 22, verse 19, you can, you can uh, open up to that verse. First Chronicles 22, 19. Now devote your heart and soul to seeking the Lord your God. Begin to build the sanctuary of the Lord God so that you may bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and the sacred articles belonging to God into the temple that will be built for the name of the Lord. It says devote your heart and soul and the sacred articles belonging to God into the temple that you will build for the name of the Lord. Where is your temple today? Our heart is His temple. In Psalms 119 verse 36, it says, Turn my heart toward your status and not toward selfish gain. So what are you looking forward to, church? Are you looking forward for the provision or are you looking for the process that God is going to bring you through till you receive that provision? Because God says, Turn your heart to me, not to the thing that I want you ask me of. In Colossians chapter 3 verse 1, it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of God. And it all sums up in Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen? Amen. And let us not be some be what James for verse 3 says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasure. You know, God wants you to seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, what, what he's doing today is to bring you to the fullness of Christ. And that is the biggest thing. You know, just not getting to what you asked for. But the, provi- the, the process of the provision is what He is more interested to take you through. Amen? Amen. 